Welcome, welcome, welcome to Run Mama Run. I'm your host, Michelle Schroff. Run Mama Run is a community of women that love, cheer, and desire the absolute best for each other. Give us a follow on Instagram, runmama.run, and Facebook, and our website. Which leads to my next question, which is, you know, are there any issues in 2020 that you encounter because you are a woman? I think the biggest thing that I have noticed um, in 2020 and just kind of the age of technology that we're in, it is it goes back to comparison. I think social media specifically has created this environment where it is so easy to compare or to set unrealistic expectations upon, especially women. Um, I mean, being married having kids right away or not, or even how to feed your child, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, or if, I mean, there's so many different aspects to the um, expectations that social media specifically has on us that we automatically feel that we need to meet those expectations or we're constantly comparing um, our life to what the expectations should be. I think that's such a good point. That's the first thing that I thought of is like, I feel like in 2020, women are more celebrated than ever before, mm-hmm. but the essence of who a woman is is in some ways shamed. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are a working mom, if you are um, a single mom, if you d- whatever you decide to do from the outside looking in is celebrated, but if you do something the wrong way, you are ashamed for it. And so it's so interesting because you don't, I feel like we're all walking on eggshells because we don't actually know what's the right thing to do. Um, I think about this before I post a picture of my baby or my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone is so happy for me, but I'm posting about my husband too much. Or everyone's so so happy that I'm I'm decided to, to have a baby so young, but if I show that I'm feeding my baby solid foods before it's specifically supposed to be okay according to whatever website then I'm going to get a message about it and I feel like in a world where today women are supposed to be celebrated and empowered we're actually beating other women down if they don't meet our expectation for what we believe should be celebrated that's literally what I was going to say I feel like we (laughs) act like we are the most freed in 2020 but I believe we are the most limited um, Mm. because of that I was literally thinking that too it's like we demonize like women who want to stay home and be stay-at-home moms and who want the white picket fence but it's because 2020 has made it that there are other women who are being celebrated which should be celebrated but it's like we demonize the ones who want another life you know what I mean who want that and that's what I I feel like that's the biggest issue is uh, us as women just attacking other women (laughs) like it's like the way you vaccinate your kids or don't vaccinate right. your kids, the way that you like, the way that you do breastfeed or don't breastfeed. Well, and kind of like what Sia was just saying. I mean, when she was a little girl, she dreamt of being a mom. So what's what's wrong with her being a mom at you know twenty? What you were twenty two when you had ever? So I mean, the reality is, I mean, we all have different gifts and callings, and you know, if that if there is a mom that says yes, I want to have a baby at twenty two, or Savannah, you were what twenty? When you had Leland, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. So you were 20. Yeah. Just turned 21. Just turned 21 mm-hmm. when you had Leland. So, I mean, you guys are, you guys are young moms. And then Skylar, you've been married almost a year and no baby. Oh my goodness. I can't believe but it. But also now, <laughs> but, but now also. You know, it's like, but that's, 
this is, we're all created differently. We all, d you know, decided to do things differently. Savannah married at 19, you know, after dating her husband for a very long time, her first boyfriend. You know, so when you, when you look at each one of you guys even, Right. Yeah. It's so different from what the world has said. If you're not doing A, B, and C. Well, but even for like instance, like I work full time. Right. But how like in the world's eyes, that's like huge. And like, again, that's great. I'm so glad. I'm so blessed. But how even on the opposite side, you can get demonized for mm -hmm. not even having a baby early and not, you know, as soon as you get married, having a baby. It's like there's two sides to every coin. Yeah. And, and it's those eggshells again. It's no clear, like, you can't make everyone happy yeah. and you have to be okay with disappointing someone. Yeah. And that's why if you are killing the calling that God put on your life mm. to make people happy, you're just killing the calling in God in, in your life from God because you can't make everyone happy. And that's why I think it's so amazing that we grew up in a home where our parents encouraged us to follow the call on our life, no matter what that looked like. I thought I was going to be somewhere in the world at 30 years old as a missionary. Like, because that's what, at the time when I, when I met Peter, that's what I was doing. And I knew that mom and dad would support that, even though I thought that that would look so different from Savannah, who already had babies, who, Sky, you had been in a relationship for two years when I, when I met Peter, and it's so interesting because no matter what direction our lives took us, mom and dad celebrated that. And they knew as long as we were being obedient, as long as we were walking and, and, and seeking counsel and, and listening to wisdom that no matter what we did, they were going to support that and they were going to stand behind that. And so I feel like as much as we get that flack from the world, like we do not have that within our home. And that's why I think all of us are so different is we don't have a cookie cutter. My older sister did this, so I have to do this as well. So as much as there's, like you said, Sky, like you can feel so confined as a woman in 2020, there's so much freedom when you live with other people who just encourage you to follow the call that's on your life because right. You can't make everyone happy, so you might as well live your dreams and, and do what you were called to do, even if it looks different from your sister or from your friend or from whoever. And sadly, it breaks my heart, but, I mean, you were mentioning being working full-time, and I think that's something that is really placed on our church, um, being church-orientated um, from a young age. It's kind of the expectation that you're going to get married young and start having babies. I mean, looking from the world's point of view, you're doing exactly what they would think was perfect. But because God has placed that specific calling in your life, you are doing exactly what he wants you to do. Yeah. So, And it doesn't matter what their expectations are of you as long as you are doing exactly what God has called you to do. Right. And I would just say, like you guys are all saying, like there's so many opinions. Mm -hmm. There's so many opinions that are like, oh, you should get married young or you shouldn't get married young. You should have kids when you're in your 30s or you shouldn't. And I mean, I've experienced this so often of just like, when I left New Mexico, people, uh, me mentioning that I want to get married young and people being real like... Real quick, just, just real quick, why did you leave New Mexico? Oh. <laughs> me leaving it sounds New kind of like, well, she was arrested, Mexican cartel, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Basically, just kidding, just kidding. Um, I went um, to YWAM in Kona. Um, it was a six-month program of um, basically um, three months in Kona, Hawaii, where we learned just theology and how to how to preach the gospel when when approaching people. What do you do? Um, 
how how to how to preach the gospel. That's how good. To, that's all good. The, all the kind of okay. things. Um, and so then, that's that's why you left. And then Mexico. three three months in the nations of um, sharing the gospel and working with churches and um, yeah. So 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 what you were saying was you you see that there's different expectations. If you do one, you. Well, and it was so crazy. I've, I, I mean, I talked to so many people and they were like, oh, like, how old are your sisters? And I would tell them the guys' ages and they'd be like, what? You, they all got married so young and they all had babies so young. And it's like, oh, okay. And then uh, talking to other people and they're like, oh, oh, so when are you getting married? Oh, when are you going to have kids? And I'm like, whoa, like, let's let's pick one. Like, what's going on? So I would just say, like, there's so many opinions in, in this day and age where they all contradict each other. They're all like completely opposites like it's so crazy but I also think that's why it's so important to not care so much what other people think about us and to actually be like you know what like Sierra was saying like okay what is God calling me to do if God's calling me to get married young that's what I'm gonna do if if God's calling me to be a missionary when I'm 30 years old that's what I'm gonna do and so I, I definitely think that like regardless of our day and age regardless of uh, of feminism and or whatever like we want to be able to be living in God's in, in the calling that God has on our life um, so yeah. yeah, well, and I think it too goes back to even just that question of that competition of, um, realizing it's not a competition, yeah. realizing it's not a compare, like a bad comparison. Cause I love Sierra's thing about comparison, but I will say like, it's not about that. Like if anything, like I see all of us running this race, um, and just running it for the same goal and realizing that we're, we're running it differently, but it doesn't mean that we're out of the race. And that's just something that I've been learning is, um, yeah, I might have a baby like next year or next month. Like, but that's like in God's plan and that's in God's will. Like, and I'm running my race, which the Lord has called me to do. And it doesn't mean that I can go to another woman and tell her how to run the race, which I am running. And that's something that I believe that if like whoever's listening and all that, like we need to be encouraging women as long as they're in the will of the Lord, like we need to be pushing them even further into their calling and wherever they are, if their life changes and then their race changes in the next month, then it changes and we get to encourage them in that but I think also it's it's run your race but start pushing people too but don't just push people who are running your same race who, who are on the same boat as you and that's something that I love about sisters and mom is that we all are running very different races but I know that you guys are still going to push me no matter what my race looks like as long as it's towards um, the same goal that's right you know it really quick because I know that like you know with you Sierra and with you Savannah you've had some instances in your life where you thought hey this this is the race I'm running. And then there was an interruption. I mean, I can specifically remember you and I, you know, standing in a kitchen in Haiti and life changed, yeah. life changed. Yeah. Would you like to just talk a little bit about that? Just how life changed for you so quickly and just how God just, you know, providentially changed that for you. Yeah. So it's so cool. I was sharing a little bit before how I had this picture of my life of um, just being so wrapped up in missions and and just from conversations me and mom had that I had such unrealistic expectations for a future husband as much as I wanted that so badly I knew that um, I knew that I was God's favorite daughter and that <laughs> I always said that I'm God's favorite daughter and he he held the best one for me and so I thought you know that's going to be when I'm older I'm wiser I'm I'm more prepared. And um, one day I meet a boy and I instantly knew that I was going to marry him. And as much as that sounds like every Christian girl's dream or something you'd see on Hallmark, it was, it was so real for me because I knew 
um, I knew God's voice and I knew, I knew what he was saying. And it was, it was so crazy because I met my husband and, um, we started dating two months later and we got married three months after that. And so from dating to married, we, we were together for three months and it was so, um, it was so quick but it was so, it was so God, and there was so much peace in that, but, but what, what, what mom was saying is, um, I jumped from race to another one of having this idea of what my life was going to look like, but being open to a shift, and then once that shift happened, it was, um, it kind of knocked me on my butt for a second. I had to, um, just being, being fully transparent, I was so wrapped up in how beautiful marriage was, how beautiful um, that season of life was, but once everything settled, I didn't know what I was doing next, because everything happened so fast, I didn't have time to, to plan, to, to kind of experience through the motion, and so I, um, very quickly had to figure out what was next for my life. And it was so cool because um, I felt so um, alone in that season. And once I was vulnerable and honest, specifically with, with mom and Savannah, who ha- have both stepped into to marriage younger. Mom was 24 when she got married and Savannah was 19. Um, I had so much wisdom from them. And it was so encouraging that I had a calling in that season and and then obviously we me and my husband have a baby now and how with every season that you graduate into there's so much purpose in that season and I think that that's what is it's so important to remember and I wish that I had known that once every every dream of yours is at hand and and for for most Christian women just being 100% honest is find your future husband, get married, have a baby. That's like, if you ask an average Christian girl, like, what do you want when you grow up? I want to find my future husband. I want to get married. But there's so much more after that. Mm. And being okay to go through each season and knowing that I don't know what's next, but I know there's purpose in this season. And so I remember specifically having this conversation with Savannah um, at our church coffee shop, bawling and crying because I'm going, I have no purpose in my life. Like I have everything and more than I could have dreamed of, but I don't have purpose. And it was so cool to, to know that I wasn't alone in that and that there was other women who identified with that feeling, but could encourage me that this is so seasonal and that there's always something that you're graduating to, um, but enjoying that season and kind of going going through that with other people is so important. Well, and it's funny that you, the way that you're describing it is, I just think of steps in a journey, you know, are, and when you when Christ is leading that journey, we have to be willing to go left when he says left and to go right when he says right. Yeah. And I think sadly, what happens is when God tells us to go a different direction than the direction we were going, we're, you know, we're afraid and sometimes we don't do it. We just, we keep going the direction we think because that's what we believe to be the truth. So, you know, and what you're saying is, and what I'm hearing, because I, I, I'm thinking of so many different things while you're talking and just how God used that time of you being single because it's, so, and it's so crazy listening to you right now because I'm like, Oh my goodness gracious, she prayed and waited for the day to meet her future husband. And she literally came home and looked me in the face and said, I met my husband. And I'm like, she is out of her mind. Like, I cannot believe this. But I knew that she knows the voice of God. So it, so 
there was this peace that came over me and her dad, because I'm not joking you, there were folks that were like, okay, I know Clay Shroff, and Clay Shroff would not be okay with this, <laughs> but we were. We knew that God was in this. So, you know, for, for those of you that are listening, if there's a shift or there's a change or something that seems very different um, that God's asking you to do, you know, pray. Look for that peace that, you know, only he can give. And I know, like, Savannah, I know you had a, a few things happen. One in particular, would you like to share? Or am I getting, am I getting too personal when you sat in my car and cried to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, With the um, in the <laughs> yes, I was definitely sitting in the car crying. Um, well, kind of little background. I started dating my husband at the age, well, we met while we were, I was 15 and a half. We weren't allowed to date until we were 16. <laughs> we still count our anniversary when I was 15 because, you know, we like to knock off the years. Um, <laughs> but it's not a competition. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we dated for three and a half years. Um, we got married, and the entire first year of marriage, I wanted a baby. He didn't want a baby yet, and it was just, I think... I was very unhappy with where I was at personally. It had nothing to do with my husband whatsoever. Um, but a year later, we got pregnant, and we had our first son. And four months postpartum, I found out I was pregnant again. And I did not want that. I did not enjoy being pregnant the first time. It was a, I wouldn't say a really hard pregnancy, but I had preeclampsia. I was in a lot of pain the entire pregnancy, and it was just not what I had hoped or expected during that pregnancy whatsoever. Um, so four months postpartum, I find out that I'm pregnant, and I'm sitting in my mom's car, and with the first baby, I, we plan this whole surprise, and we announce it, and we make a big deal out of it, and this baby, I'm like... I got a gift. She got a gift with the first one. I got a gift with the first one. But with baby number two, it was a total surprise and shock, and it was it was during a time that my husband and I were, I wouldn't say maritally struggling, but we were going through a really rough time where God was truly growing us, and a baby was not in our plans at all. It was like, okay, maybe in another year we'll, we'll have another baby, but um, we were pregnant, and here we were, and it was something that completely shook me. I wasn't unhappy about having another baby. I was unhappy about being pregnant again and it he it's John Anthony and he honestly has been the biggest joy in our life I mean and each of our kids have something special to them um and John is joy he just any time that you interact with him he will make you laugh and he just brings so much joy into our lives so it was something that was completely unexpected that happened to us um I mean not completely unexpected but it wasn't something that we had completely planned and God completely has used it a hundred percent. So, and I, and even going on in the future and everything, we going on to a different race, um, last year around, when was it? July. So I, last year I had, um, our third, our little girl. And during that time, our youth pastor, um, was planning on moving and, his position was open and it was something that my husband had a good career it was providing financially very well and but we knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had been called to pastoral ministry and we decided to pray about it and 
for God to give us a sign. And we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And God finally laid it on my heart. And I'm like, Taylor, you need to apply for this job. We need to do this. God does not call us to be comfortable, but we know with a shadow of a doubt in our mind that you are called to pastoral ministry. And if you do not apply, you are being disobedient. So of course he applied, he ended up getting the jobs. We have now taken over the youth ministry at our church and it has been such a rewarding um, thing spiritually, but also mentally. And it's amazing that, that um, having my husband just truly and he loved his job before and he was good at his job before but seeing him in something that God has truly called him to do and fulfilling his purpose it is so rewarding as a wife to know that God had laid it on my heart and I was able to help push him to do what God wanted him to do and I was able to be that voice because I was in his word and my heart was in the right place at that time that I was able to encourage him to fulfill um, God's will. So it, it's just been so rewarding. And I encourage anyone listening that if you are in a place where you're unsure because you're comfortable, that you make sure your heart is right with God and that you are in his word and you just listen and go for it. That's so good. That's so good. Because, you know, when you think about having courage, I mean, you with courage, you have there. Fear is going to be present. Courage is pushing through that fear. So, you know, and that's how our walk should look or, you know, as we run our race and finish well, we want to make sure that we're not, we're not just staying comfortable because, and, and that's something that I've often told, told, um, you guys is, you know, if you're comfortable, then more than likely you're not where you're supposed to be. You know, we should, we should feel a little stretched. We should feel a little bit, um, uncomfortable, so, um, you know, if, do you guys have any encouraging words, maybe some encouraging words for some ladies that are out there that may be struggling with their identity or maybe in a marriage that, you know, husband wants one thing or doesn't want something or, um, you know, maybe struggling with some friendships. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners um, are, are in a place right now, especially with quarantine and not being able to get out of the house and if they're not able to meet up with their friends, um, what is some advice that you guys may have? Um, I think just encouragement is just genuinely just like, again, kind of going back to just run your race. Like, say, you said draw a circle around yourself. You know, I think a lot of times we tend to look outward and go, they need to change, they need to do this. Uh, my friend or my husband needs to do this. Um, they need to listen to this podcast and they need to know <laughs> that they need to run their race and they need to change what their race has been. But I, I think really looking in and saying, how, how do I run my race? How do I mend my relationship with my sister? How do I um, stop comparing and making it a competition between my friends? How do I... Um, stop making it so people have to run the race which I'm running you know and I think really looking at that and just allowing this time to be a time of reflection but allowing it to be a time of you giving it to the Lord and trusting that if you are in a season of um, like Sierra and Savannah of moving move don't be scared move but if you're in a time because like I know for me or even maybe for say like we're in a time of maybe the Lord saying stay and like run your race where I've called you don't move then be faithful in that and so that's just my um, encouragement is also though that the Lord's going to do something in this time and there's going to be growth in that I would also just say like even what Savannah was saying with not being not being comfortable um, and God has never called us to be comfortable and I think um, with me doing YWAM and me literally moving and 
every every week we were in a different different part of Europe or whatever. It it showed me so much that when we are we are uncomfortable, like we're able to meet with God in such a new way, and we're able to actually see His heart in such a new way. Um, and so I would just say that like, if you have an opportunity to be uncomfortable, like just do it, just like go for it. And um, I'd also just say little by little, you know, um, in Deuteronomy 7, it talks about how God is saying that he will defeat um, the 12 tribes when um, the Israelites are going into um, the promised land. And, and God is saying, like, I will do it little by little. And so with that, just being like, OK, God is going to do this thing in me and he has a calling and a purpose on my life. But it's not going it, to it might be an overnight thing, but usually the best things are through time. And so I would just say, like, be patient, like, lean on the Lord and, like, be uncomfortable and, and, and ask the Lord, like, God, give me strength for this. And also, like, like in the, in the, in the um, patience and in the waiting, like, you're able to meet with God in a new way as well and just able to see his heart for you and, and know your worth. Um, and I would also just say, like, with your identity, it is so hard in this time to look and find your identity because there's so many outlooks, um, outlets that we look for and we're like, oh, like social media or the way we look or school and like whatever it is, like it's so easy to put our identity in, um, in those things. But look at it and look at what the Lord says about you because it's so valid and it's so important and it's it's the truth. Um, and so that's what I would say is look for the truth and that is in God because God is true. Um, and yeah, so definitely. Well, and also I think it's so important that we know that our this race is not one to be um, by yourself. You are here to run it with others and to encourage each other and to find people who have the same mindset and to the same heart and know the truth and if you do not surround yourself with those people who have that same heart and will encourage you and be looking out for the best for you um, I really encourage because I know that um, not everybody has an amazing family and mom and sisters that they can surround and go and talk to but I encourage you that you find the people to run your race with because it, you, you can't do this on your own and God does not ask us to do it on our own but we need to find people who will truly be truthful with us but also encourage us and uplift us during the time mm. I think my closing thought is kind of in summary of everything that we've talked about kind of starting with um, different personalities and comparison and competition and now we've kind of drifted from there to different callings to different paths to to your identity and I think that all of those things are so seamlessly tied up in identity um if you do not start with you um we were made for God and we were made for people but if you don't start there with your relationship with God having a healthy relationship with yourself um I don't know about you but how I'm feeling about myself, how I'm feeling inwardly, what's going on inside of me usually spews on the people around me, especially other women. And so for me, I think that the healthy, the best way to have healthy relationships with other women is to know who you are. And the only way you can know who you are is to know who God says that you are, like Sailor said. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are finding yourself constantly in conflict with people around you, check yourself. Are you in conflict with yourself? Because if you're with com in conflict with yourself, then of course that's going to come out in your relationships. And that is why it is so important to align yourself so well with who God says that you are. Because only from there is, is you can see 
how other people are in Christ. Does that make sense? I feel like if you don't know who you are in Jesus, you can't see the best in other people. And if you can't see the best in other people, you won't have healthy relationships with them. And so I think that um, in summary is, is really solidifying your identity so you can run well with other women. You can support them. You can cheer them on. You can be vulnerable. And um, yeah, I, I think identity is a really cool way to end this because identity is where all of these healthy relationships started. It starts with you. If you're not healthy, you can't have healthy relationships. That's right. That's right. And it's so important that we, you know, not only knowing who we are, but who God is, you know, God is good and God wants good for us. He has a plan and he has a purpose for our life. And if we can begin simply with that, if we can't believe any of the other truths that, you know, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are his workmanship. But if, if we can just settle with the fact that he loves us and he says it over and over and over again. And, and I thank you ladies so much. I want to, I just, uh, take my hats off to you for being so vulnerable today and for sharing some things that I know that you've probably never shared before and for being here for the, you know, the, the launch of Ramama Run podcast. I would definitely not be the mama that I am without Jesus and without you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Run Mama Run podcast. Check us out on social media at runmama.run. And mamas, keep running.